Hi, this is your CyberPath. We're the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle, and I'm here with Jason Dion, our new co-host, and we're experienced hiring managers of cybersecurity professionals. So today, we're going to help you know which cybersecurity certifications you should get. And um, and Jason is uh, the, the certification expert here. So I'm so glad that he's with us, and I'm so glad that he's going to walk us through uh, this whole question of what certifications do I need? Yeah, so you know we're going to talk about certifications here today. And the first thing I want to say to the audience is make sure you realize I'm not here to sell you on certifications. That's not my goal here. Uh, if you want to buy them, that's great. I sell them, that's, that's fine. But I'm not here as a sales pitch. So I just want to put that out up front. I want to tell you why certifications are important, which ones are important, and if any of them are really important, and why you should really start going towards these things. And you know, I want to be upfront with you guys here because I'm going to talk about all the reasons these things are important from the side of a hiring manager as I'm mm -hmm. looking at your resume or going to interview you. Um, but remember, certifications aren't like Pokemon cards. You don't have to collect them all. And I see a lot of students making that mistake. So mm -hmm. I just want to make sure we talk about that as well. So, um, you know, as yeah. Kip said, I, my business is certifications. I've helped three to 400,000 students in the last couple of years to be able to pass their different certifications. And so, yes, I think certifications are important, uh, which probably brings up the question, Kip. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but let me first, before we continue with, you know, the material that we, that we want to cover, I just want to um, be super, super clear about something you just said, which is, it, it actually is in the best interest of Dion Training Incorporated for people to get every certification under the sun, right? Because <laughs> yep. then they can buy all the prep courses from you and, you know, and that's going to make your business take off. But today you're wearing your hiring manager hat and, and, and from that position, you're telling people like, no, you don't need every uh, certification uh, under the sun. So, all right. So let's unpack that. First of all, let's, let's be clear. Why? Are certifications important, Jason? Why do they even exist? Yeah, so certifications are really important, especially in the hiring side. So when you think about the way hiring works, generally, you know, you're going to have somebody who says, I need a new position. So they go and they get the budget, they get the position uh, description approved, and they send it over to HR. And HR goes out and finds you candidates. The problem is HR doesn't understand cyber. They don't understand IT. So it makes their job really easy when they can say, hey, I need somebody who has a CISSP. I need somebody who has a CompTIA Security Plus. I need somebody who's IDLE Foundation certified. Whatever that thing is, it makes their job easy. And so employers love it from that perspective. Another reason employers love it is because it tells them that you're current and you're still relevant. Now, what I mean by that is this. Kip, tell me, when did you graduate with your, your uh, college degree? <laughs> Do I really have to say this out loud? <laughs> it was in 1990. 1990, right? Have computers changed since 1990 just a bit? <laughs> just just, just a, a bit. bit right? Yeah, I can't, and I can't resist telling you that the internet has changed too, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 1995 is when commercial internet really started. Before that, it was the DOD and it was academic institutions, right? And and you and the and you were not allowed to sell anything online and yep. and and when I first started using the internet, god, I feel old saying this, but there wasn't even a domain name system. You had to go download the host's file, the host's file. <laughs> for yep. the internet. <laughs> and, and I have a similar, you know, background there, not quite as back as 1990. I didn't realize you're that much older than me, Kip. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> all, the, all these things that come out when you start a podcast with someone. I'm telling you, man. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, I graduated with my first degree in 2005, which was actually in human resources. Uh, and my master's degree is in IT with a specialization in information assurance, which we now call cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. um, but that was 2011. Uh, and in 2011, that was my master's degree. And I was very relevant 
in 2011. But if I had done nothing else since 2011, what I learned is not really relevant anymore. When I went to school in 2011, we didn't even talk about cloud servers, for instance. That right. wasn't a thing. Um, and now that's everywhere. And so this is why employers like certifications, because unlike a degree, certifications expire usually every three years. Mm. And by doing that every three-year renewal, they either know that you went back and retook the exam, showing that you're still relevant, or you've done continuing education, such as when you have your CISSP, you have to do 40 hours per year of continuing education. And that's a chance for you to learn something new and keep your skills current. And so this is one of the reasons why uh, employers really like certifications in this world. Another reason they're really important is again, going back to the hiring manager side, before the resume gets to the hiring manager, it goes through a little three letter system known as ATS, the applicant tracking system. And guess what? Those things use machine learning and filtering to go through resumes and take it from the thousands of resumes it got for that job down to the 50 or 60 that are going to actually be looked at by a hiring manager. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways they do that is by looking for certifications. Um, so these are the kind of things that make it really important. And if you don't have the right certification on your resume, guess what? You're not going to make it through the filter. And somebody like me or Kip is not going to see your resume, no matter how good it is, because if the position description said, you must have a CompTIA Security Plus, and those words aren't on your resume, it's never going to get in front of me. Well, certainly not if it goes through applicant tracking. Now, there's other ways to get a resume into a hiring manager's hand. But for today, let's just you know continue to focus on you know how certifications can open doors through you know the traditional channel through human resources. I, I got to say, as a hiring manager, I really like the uh, the aspect of continuing education. I mean, that's really the value that I that I see there. Um, I, I'm not all that interested in in its function to uh, you know get through HR gates. And and I know people really find that to be an awful thing. Like, you mean I got to go earn this certification just so I can get through this HR gatekeeper? Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's one reason. But don't forget the other reason is because you're. it's also a signal to me, the hiring manager, that you are current. And I like that. And I, I actually think there's value in that. Yeah. And one of the other things, you know, this is going to go again between the difference between my background and your background. You've been in the commercial sector for the last 20 years. Um, and so certifications are looked at differently in the commercial sector than the world I'm in. Uh, I come from the defense, military, and contracting world. And in that world, we have an instruction called the DOD 8570. Mm. And in that instruction, it specifically says, for this position, you must have this certification. Mm. Um, and so if you don't have that certification, you have to get it within six months of being hired or you lose your job. So what happens is a lot of people don't even want to hire you unless you already have that certification because they don't want to risk onboarding you, getting comfortable with you, and then having to fire you six months later. Yeah. So it is something that becomes very important as far as if it's in the regulations and in the hiring instructions of that organization. That's a great point. You know, uh, it's completely discretionary for private industry as to whether they are going to require certifications at all and, and which ones. And you'll find that uh, that different employers are going to uh, require different certifications for for the very same jobs that they're hiring for. So that's a that's a really important thing you have to pay attention to. Most definitely. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's kind of like why certifications are important. So now let's shift the conversation and uh, let's ask this question because I get this I get asked this questions a lot. Um, is it more important that I have certifications, maybe a lot of them, or is it more important that I have experience? Um, and so people sometimes think of that as like an A-B switch, but what do you think, Jason? Yeah, so it can be an A-B switch depending on the amount of experience you have, right? So if you're somebody who's been working for 20 years in the industry, 
um, you are probably going to be able to get a job without having a certification because you already have 20 years worth of relationships. And if I'm looking for a job, I can call up Kip and Kip's going to be able to go, oh, I know Jason. He's awesome. Even though he doesn't have his AWS certification, I know he can do that job. Let's put him in that job anyway. So in, in that case, sure, you don't need a certification necessarily because you're going to bypass the ATS system. But when it comes down to it, while experience is primary, even with experience, a lot of companies want to see that you have the certification. Going back to are you current? And it, this is an objective measure of can you do a job or know about job functions that everyone is on the same playing field. So it, it's almost like when you applied to college, you had to go get the ACT or the SAT. Mm-hmm. And based on that, they could compare everybody on the same playing field because everybody had a numerical score that made it very easy to compare. Right, right. And although we know that there are there are inherent biases in there and that stuff's getting worked out, um, I, I think that's I think that's that's an important thing to keep in mind is is when it comes to hiring people, if you have to hire a lot of people, well, you've got to find some way to scale that uh, that yep. process of hiring people. And this is one of the ways uh, that that we that we do, in fact, uh, scale scale our hiring processes. So, um, and I I'll, I'll add too that you know I got my CISSP in 1997, and by 20 by 2010, I had accumulated enough continuing education credits that I could keep it valid until 2013. And then when that time rolled around, I had to make a decision if I was gonna go get, you know, continue to keep my certification current. And I made the conscious decision to not keep it current anymore. And I did it for the reason you just described, Jason. By that point, I had accumulated so much experience and I had such a network of people that I knew in the industry that it didn't matter anymore. It did not matter in the slightest whether I had a current CISSP or whether I could just say I had one and I kept it active for this long and I don't even bother to keep it active anymore and it just wasn't a thing anymore. See, I'm on the other side because I've been in this government, military, DOD world for so long that I keep my CISSP active uh, and I have for the last 12 or 13 years that I've been a CISSP. Now, to keep it active is not that hard though, right? You get 40 hours of continued education, which basically I take some other cert or some other course once a year mm-hmm. where I go to Black Hat and that's a week and that gets me my 40, my 40 hours. And then you pay your $85 fee and it keeps it active. And again, yeah. the reason I do that is because in the contracting world, you need CISSP. In the government civilian world, you need CISSP. In the military <laughs> context, you need CISSP for anything that's a level two or level three management job or a level three technician, yeah. which are all the high paying jobs that you're going to want anyway. And yeah. so even if you are a CISIO type person in the DOD, you still have to have it. And, and yep. so it's, it's an important thing from that perspective. Right. Um, and, and, and going back to the you know, experience versus certifications, um, every time that somebody asks that question, I always tell them, yes, experience is primary. But certifications help as well, because again, it's that quantitative measurement that you have that thing. Right, right. Okay, cool. So we've just now unpacked this whole certifications versus experience question. I hope that helps uh, the audience, you know, kind of know, uh, you know, wh- why, why those two things exist, kind of how they compare with each other and how hiring managers think of them. So let's, let's continue on with the AB comparisons. Now let's, let's do AB uh, certifications versus college degrees. What do you think, Jason? Well, this is one I could talk about forever, and I know the podcast listeners probably have other things to do, so we're not going to talk about it for hours and hours today. We could probably do a separate episode on this later on. Um, But briefly, when it comes down to certifications versus degrees, it really comes down to they're both important, but for different reasons and at different times in your career. 
right? More and more these days, we're seeing that certifications are starting to replace a traditional four-year college degree, especially in technical roles, Mm -hmm. not as much in management roles. So again, it depends on where you are in your career. Yeah. For instance, ISACA, uh, they just did a state of cybersecurity report in 2021, and they said that perceptions of university degrees in cybersecurity are remaining very mixed among the survey respondents. In the latest survey, 46% of respondents said they neither agree nor disagree that cybersecurity degrees prepare graduates well for their future organizational challenges. And what's happening is, and I can tell you talking to other hiring managers in the field, they don't look at a degree and go, ah, this guy is perfect or this gal is perfect. I can put them right into work and they're going to be useful from day one. Right. You're not going to be that coming out of a four-year degree. And they look at the exact same thing on certifications. Either way, it's just saying you have a level of some knowledge that we can now build upon in our particular organization. Mm-hmm. Now, dis- oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to uh, add one thing uh, that, that I, th- there's a big thing about going to college um, that, that I actually respect. There's actually two things. Let me, let me tell you what they are. The first thing is college is not easy. All right. It takes years and you have to keep coming back and really yes. nobody's making you come back. And so when you complete a college degree, one really important thing that that, t- that, that tells me is you can finish things that you start. And you can do it because you've committed to it, not because somebody is holding uh, you hostage to it or requiring you to do it. And I think that it says something about uh, the strength of somebody's character, you know, that, that they have that integrity, that they finished what they started. Now, whether they did it in four years or five years, that, that's not really like part of it uh, for me. I just think the fact that they, that they finished it, I think, is, is super important. The other thing that I believe that a college degree tells a hiring manager is this person knows how to learn. And in cybersecurity, that is invaluable. If you're not willing and able to learn the new technologies that are coming out, the new attacks that we've got to deal with, I I don't think you're going to do well. I I think you're probably going to get into, you know, you're going to turn into a cog in a giant machine somewhere. You're going to do the same thing every day. That might be okay for you. But I think if you really want to excel, if you want to become, you know, uh, in, if you want to go into management or you want to become like a solutions architect or something like that in the future, you have got to have a demonstrated ability to learn. And I think that uh, college degree does say that about you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and when it comes to college degrees, the other thing that I think that it shows employers is that you know how to do critical thinking. Because with certifications, you are learning when you're taking CompTIA Security Plus, you're learning the CompTIA way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, and you're going to be tested based on an A, B, C, D answer. And so you have to memorize that the answer is A, B, C, or D. And college degrees are a little bit different than that. So again, it, it's, it's a different skill set. And so when I'm hiring somebody for a management position, I want to see if they have a college degree. If I'm hiring somebody to be a junior SOC analyst, I may be okay with just somebody who has a couple of certifications and you know three to six months worth of experience. Right. Um, as we start looking at organizations around the world, depending on where you are in the world also really matters when it comes to degrees. Uh, so according to ISACA survey I was talking about before, in Africa, they're actually the number one place where they want a degree. Hmm. 78% of jobs want a degree if you're working in Africa. Hmm. Middle East, 67%. Latin America, 64%. Asia, 62%. When we get down to North America, 54%. You get down to Europe, 46%. Now, why are we seeing it so much lower in North America and Europe? Because again, there's this change that's happening over the last couple of years, especially in North America and Europe, where we're saying these are more technical roles and they don't necessarily need to have a college degree to be a SOC analyst or a penetration tester. Instead, you can have experience coupled with some certifications and go down that road. They're valuing the hands-on skills and certifications over the traditional four-year college degree in a lot of these particular jobs. But at some point, you're going to have to go back and get that degree to either get to a higher pay band or get to that management level job. So it's important as you start thinking 
about your career, you start figuring out where and when are these things important. And a lot of that's based on where you want to work and where you live. Yeah. And I think employer too, it, it almost always comes back to the employer because, you know, 54%, it makes it sound like, oh, well, only slightly half of, you know, the, of all the employers in North America are looking for a college degree, but you've, you've really got to dig into that because what I know is that technology companies are the ones that are de-emphasizing college degrees, whereas, you know, mainstream uh, American companies that are, that are very hierarchical aren't necessarily de-emphasizing the need for a college degree. So you've really got to do your research in order to find out you know, okay, where, where are these, you know, 54% versus the 46%. So uh, absolutely do your homework on this. Yeah. That's a great point because if you're going to go work for a big company, like, I don't know, uh, general dynamics or general motors or IBM or somebody like that, they tend to be more traditional and they're yeah. going to want to see that you have a degree. Exactly. And they're really focusing on certifications, including their own certifications that they've been adding. That's right. Um, so I think those are really important things to consider as well. Uh, the other thing you have to think about is, is that when you're looking at these college degree programs, a lot of them now are tying themselves to certifications as well. So as you're working towards your college degree, you would be going through classes that are teaching you the certifications. And if you take the time to go take that extra step and get the certification uh, by taking the exam, you're going to have both. And that's, you know, both is obviously better. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, we've got a community college uh, here in the Seattle area where I live. And that's exactly what they did is they said, all right, we're going to do a bachelor's degree in networking com and computer security. And when you graduate, you're also going to have all these certifications. And I thought that's just, that's just brilliant, right? Why yeah. not bundle them together like that? Because there's so much overlap, so much synergy between what you're going to learn anyway. Um, you know, why not just pack all that together? So yeah, that that's, um, if you haven't, you know, gotten a college degree yet, and you haven't gotten your certifications yet, look for a program like that. It's going to save you so much time and so much energy and, and a little bit of money. So, so I think um, that's a great point. So let's go ahead and, and continue to evolve this conversation. What I want to ask you now, uh, Jason, is which certifications should somebody be aiming at? Because we said they don't need all of them. So yep. how do they know which ones they need? Well, you know, what I always tell my students is you need three to five key certifications when you're beginning your career, uh, your career and starting to get into that entry level position. Now, the challenge here is what are the three to five? And people ask me that all the time. And the first thing I say is, what do you want to do, right? If you want to be in the help desk, that's one thing. If you want to be a penetration tester, that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a risk analyst um, or an auditor, that's different as well. But in general, kind of the first three that everyone should get is going to be your A+, plus, your Network+, plus, and your Security+. Plus. And we call that the CompTIA trifecta. <laughs> um, now, A+, plus is going to focus on software and hardware because that's essentially everything we start out with. It's looking at how does Windows operate? How does Mac operate? How does Linux operate? Uh, what is RAM versus hard drives? And how do you fix these things? Mobile devices, all of that is covered in A+. Then you move up to Network+, Plus, which is the foundation of all cybersecurity is our networks. And so you start learning, what is a router? What is a switch? How do they communicate? What does uh, Split Horizon do? What does uh, a Poison DNS do? You know, all those type of things to figure out how our networks are going to operate. And then we go up to Security Plus, and that gives you the foundation of cybersecurity and starting to understand defenses. You cover things like Nmap a little bit. You cover Wireshark. You cover the CIA triad and all those foundations. And once you have A Plus, Network Plus, and Security Plus, 
you now have the ability to hold a basic conversation with an employer about pretty much anything on the hardware, software, networking, or security side. So having that foundation just really helps you when it comes time for interviewing as well. And we can kind of put you, I kind of call them the, the, the handyman, right? You're, you're a generalist. You're a little bit of everything. And I can kind of put you in any position I need to if you have those three positions, uh, those three starts, and then kind of build you up from there. Yeah. As a hiring manager these days, I really... I really like these three certifications together uh, because I think of them in exactly the same way that, that you described them. Um, now, if, if you uh, already have a lot of experience being on help desk, I may not need you to have an A plus because you know, you're going to have the experience, but I'm certainly going to look to see that you have the network plus and the security plus, right? So sometimes I think you can swap out experience for a certification but there's certainly not, it's not going to hurt you at all um, in front of a hiring manager to have all three of these. So, okay, so we've got those three. All right. So, but, yep. but a minute ago, you said three to five key certifications. So yep. what else? So the next one I really like people to get is Idle 4 Foundation. And I will tell you when I deal with uh, new people in the cybersecurity industry, they go, why the heck would I get an idle floor foundation? <laughs> and what is serv- an idle? <laughs> yeah, so idle is the, the service management. It's how we run help desks and IT organizations, right? It's all about processes and rules and procedures and what is value and risk versus outcome and all these kind of things and how things tie together. And that's why large employers really love idle because it means that you as a cybersecurity professional know how to work with the business side. You know how to work with the help desk. You know how to work with the system admins when you need to get them to patch something. And you understand how the change management process works. You understand how the request management process works. All these things all work together in an organization. There's 34 practices that we use to run our IT organizations and Idle is what brings all of those together. So the other reason I really like Idle is when talking with hiring managers, it starts pulling their resume out and it's something that's different that most people don't get. So if you go through WGU, Western Governors University, they have this as part of their degree program. They have A+, Network+, Security+, Idle 4 Foundation as part of that. But most places when they go to the community college like you mentioned, usually it's going to be A+, Network+, Security+, and then they start moving towards something like CCNA or CEH Mm -hmm. or something like that. But by getting that Idle 4 Foundation, it's one of those things that differentiates you. And this is something that I didn't think of myself until I started teaching it. uh, And my students, uh, again, I have three to 400,000 students worldwide. And I started having students who said, I've had my A plus, net plus, security plus, and I've been applying and applying for months and I couldn't get a job. I then went and took your Idle 4 Foundation and five days later I got hired. Mm. And I'm like, wow, that's weird. And we, I started talking to the people who hired them. They said, yeah, we appreciate people who have this because they understand how these organizations work together inside our larger company. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, one of the things that, that I want to point out here is that you know, while there's no harm in getting the this particular certification, I want you to think about, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to think about one thing, which is idle is something that slews towards larger organizations. So if you are, are saying to yourself right now, like, no, I don't see myself working in a giant enterprise. I want to work in a mid-sized company or I want to work at a startup or something like that, right? then this may not help you at all. It might not make any difference. In fact, it could possibly backfire on you because if you're going to go get a job at a startup, well, startups don't like ITIL. (laughs) Startups are scrappy, get things done type organizations. They don't like a lot of bureaucracy. They don't want a lot of overhead. They don't want a lot of procedures and processes. And so, you know, so I just want you to be, be really, really thoughtful about where do you really want to work 
um, so that you know you don't accidentally end up uh, promoting something that your uh, potential employers are not interested in. Or on the other hand, as Jason said, if you're applying to a giant enterprise and they use ITIL, then yeah, you're going to want that because it's going to do exactly what he said. It's going to make you stand out. Yep. And I think this also goes into when you're applying for a job and you're crafting your resume, you know, if I'm going for a large company, I'm going to highlight the fact that I have idle. Mm-hmm. If I'm going for a hiring at, you know, Kip's small little IT consulting firm, uh, I'm probably not going to highlight that. And I might leave it off my resume. And so you're going to add things or take things away because one of the dangers is I've had some people who, when they apply, they have 20, 25 certifications on their resume. An employer looks at this and goes, huh, this guy's done nothing but school. <laughs> All he's done is studying for exams. When did he ever go to work? And this so, person has no focus. This person yeah. has no focus. They're just, I mean, the impression I get is exactly that. It's like, it's like this is some random person that just can't stop going, you know, bouncing from one thing to the next. And it makes me nervous. It makes me think like, my gosh, am I going to spend a lot of time just trying to get this person to calm down and focus on one thing, you know, for an hour or two? So, um, yeah, so, ugh. Avoid so that. I, Even if you have every certification under the sun, don't only list them all. Put, no, don't <laughs> list them all. Just put the ones that are appropriate for the job you're applying for. Okay, so that gives us three certifications, A plus network plus security plus idle four foundation. There's four, but you said there could be as many as five key certifications. So what else? Yeah, so this goes back to, you know, at this point, now we've kind of built the foundation, right? We have our software, our hardware, our networking, our security, and our process management. So now that we've got those four down, we can now figure out what is the path we want to pursue. So if I want to be a a junior SOC analyst, I'm probably going to go and get my CYSA plus certification, which is a cybersecurity analyst plus. Uh, This is one that's from CompTIA. It was started in 2017, and it really hit the ground running. Uh, It's got support from big companies like IBM, Microsoft, and many others, uh, and it's very, uh, very well sought after by a lot of these companies. They all kind of jumped in behind it. Now, if you want to go be a pen tester, then you're going to be looking at either Pentest Plus, which is the CompTIA one, or CEH, which has been around for about two decades. Uh, CEH right now still has more clout in the marketplace, even though it's not as good as if anybody who has both CEH and Pentest Plus will tell you, Pentest Plus is harder. It's a better cert. It tells me people actually can do some pen testing. CEH is just a really a knowledge test, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but they had a 20 year head start. So, and, and what does CEH mean? What does oh, CEH sorry. mean? <laughs> CEH is Certified Ethical Hacker. Okay, so it sounds thanks. really, really cool, right? But really, it's Security Plus plus some tools sprinkled on top. So it's really not that much harder than Security Plus. Okay. But um, it just has this clout in the industry because it's been around for 20 years. And so it's still in a lot of job postings. You'll see CEH or Certified Ethical Hacker listed. Boy, um, this, this really opens up something really important that I think we have to tell people, which is, um, <laughs> okay, so you really have to you know, think hard about let's say you're going to be a pen tester. Like you're, you've got that, you're dead set on that and you're sitting here and you're saying to yourself, do I get pen test plus or do I get CEH? And you're trying to figure it out. Right. And you're trying to figure out like, well, which one, you know, which one's better for Kip, right? Should, should Kip get the pen test plus? Cause it's going to actually make me better or should Kip get the CEH because it's just got better clout. And that doesn't, none of that matters. What matters is who do I want to work for and what are they looking for? And, exactly. And, 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 and some people don't like hearing what I just said because they're like, well, why should I spend all my money getting CEH when it's not going to really make me a better pen tester? Cause it's not that rigorous. I should go get pen test plus. Okay. You go get 10, 10 pen test plus and you sit at home without a job. <laughs> yep. and, and, and this goes back to the ATS and what is people, what are people asking for as it goes through this process, right? And this is one of the things I tell students all the time because I teach Pentest Plus because I think it's a better cert. 
I think in two to three years, it's going to take over and bypass CEH. Already, uh, Pentest Plus only came out in 2018. So at the time of us recording this, it's only about three years old. And, and so it is still making inroads and trying to chip away market share from CEH, which has been out since 2001, 2000, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So it's been out for 20 years. So all the HR position descriptions all say CEH because that was the only ethical hacking cert. Now there are many others. There's OSCP, there's Pentest Plus, there's, uh, there's some European ones like Crest. There's lots of them out there, but it depends where you are and what employer you're targeting. Yeah. So keep that in mind as well. Um, the next thing you want to think about is, are you want to be a forensic technician? Well, if you want to be a forensic technician, then the sort you need to get is either going to be NCASE or FTK. And which of those two should you get? The one that your employer uses because their certification on a specific piece of software, NCASE Forensic Suite or the forensic toolkit. Those are the two pieces of software and there's a certification for each. It's like saying, should I get AWS or Azure cert for the cloud? Which one does your employer use? That's the one you go for. Or should I drink Coke or should I drink Pepsi? What's in the vending machine? (laughs) Exactly. Right. You just got to go. What's what's there. Right. Um, And then the other one that, you know, if you want to be in project management or development, then you might be looking at something like Scrum or DevSecOps certifications and their certifications for both of those as well. And so this is why I say it's kind of like the three to four key ones at the beginning. And then you start um, funneling out into where you're going to go. Right. Uh, the other nice thing is, you know, as you're doing all these certifications, remember every certification you get has requirements for renewal every three years. Like Kip said, he had CISSP. He decided he didn't want to keep paying $85 a year and doing the 40 hours per year of, of continuing education to keep it current because it wasn't relevant for him. So A plus may be very relevant as you get your first job in a help desk. It's not going to be relevant five years from now for you. Uh, as long as you have a security plus, you can let A plus and network plus go away. But the other nice thing is if you stay in that plus family, the CompTIA family, whatever your highest cert is, if you renew your highest cert, it also renews all the other ones below it. Mm. So for instance, if I get my CYSA plus, that renews security plus, network plus, and A plus as well. So you only have to renew one to get all four renewed as well. So I didn't even, these are the I didn't kind of things you think that. about. Yeah, yep. I didn't even know that. That's that's helpful. And, and actually it kind of creates a little bit of lock-in, right? It's like, yep. you know, why should you leave CompTIA when you get that much benefit, you know, when it comes to recertification. So it's, and it's a cheaper too, right? Because every yeah. time you get a new cert from a new company, for instance, I have CEH, I have a bunch of CompTIA ones, I have a bunch of idle ones, I have to renew with each one. And most of them do this, the highest levels only have to renew to get all of them. But there's a different fee for every single one. And so I've got five or six or seven different families that I have to do. And I do that because I teach this for a living. So I have to be certified in these. But if I wasn't doing this for a living, I would let some of those lapse because I wouldn't need them anymore. Right, right, right. Okay, so this is great. So th- let me just recap. So Jason's saying there's three to five key certifications and it starts with A plus network plus security plus and ITIL four foundation. If you're gonna go work at a large organization, especially if you're gonna go work at a, like a large consulting organization, I think they're definitely gonna wanna see that. Then you have to pick which job you want and then you need to go find out what are the employer's who, who I want to work at, what certifications are they looking for there? Because there's a lot of competition. And, and, and I think Jason's right. There's going to be more competition. It's kind of like a horse race, right? CEH is out in front, Pentest Plus coming up on the inside, but then some other one's going to come out of nowhere and, and take over. So, you know, so watch that. Be careful. Do your research. Figure out which one employers value the most. Okay, so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of the, uh, the, the, you know, all of that in, the, in a nutshell, but, uh, there, but there's some other nuances here too, right, Jason? I mean, we've said, look, you need to decide what position it is you want to pursue. Um, you've already made uh, also some caveats about, you know, like where you live, right? Or where you work uh, ge- yeah. geographically, right? Tell us about 
how geography really affects which one you choose. Yeah. Um, right before we go into that, I do want to say one other thing, though. When we're talking about certifications, remember, you don't want to over-certify yourself. Um, so if you start seeing that you have 15, 20 certs lined up, you're going to start dropping some of those off your resume. And the other thing is, remember, that a certification doesn't necessarily mean you can do the job. It just means you can pass the test, right? I can put anybody through a boot camp, and within 40 hours, one week, I can fill your brain with everything you need, and you can pass the exam on Friday, but it doesn't mean on Monday morning you're going to be able to do the job. And so when people say, which cert should I get to get a job, that's not the way to think about certs. When you think about a certification, remember, this is your ticket to an interview. It's a ticket to get your resume in front of the hiring manager and through the system. It tells them you have a minimum baseline of knowledge, um, but this is why experience and other things in your resume are going to matter as well. All right. So that said, let's go and talk about which certifications you go for based on uh, different factors, right? And geography is one of them. Uh, the first thing is you always want to start with the end in mind. What is the position you're targeting? So again, are you going for an analyst position? Are you going for an auditor position? Are you going for a forensic position? Once you know that, you can start targeting in what you want. Then you're going to figure out where you live or where is the organization base that you want to work for? And this is a really key thing because, uh, you know, I have students all over the world and I get the question all the time, should I take this cert or that cert? And the first thing I ask them is, where do you live and where do you want to work? Because those are two key factors here. Some certifications are more popular than others based on where you live. So, for example, if you're in the project management space, there is a big duopoly between two major certifications. One is the PMP and the other one is PRINCE2. Now, depending on where you live in the world, you probably have heard of one of those two certifications, and you may not have heard of the other one. Uh, Kip, have you heard of both of those or, or one of those? You know, uh, no, I'd heard of the of the PMP quite a bit, but no, I didn't know anything about Prince 2 until just recently. Yeah, so, and the reason for that is you've done most of your work in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. So if you're in the U.S. or Canada, PMP is dominant. Everybody knows about PMP. And if you work with companies that are located other places in the world, but their headquarters are back in America, for instance, if you're working with a bunch of oil companies or people in, Middle East, in the Middle East area, they work with a lot of um, companies out of Texas and a lot of oil refineries and things like that. So they use PMP as well, which is the project management professional. But if you're in Europe or you're in Asia, Prince2 is much more dominant than PMP. In Canada, it's kind of a toss-up because they have roots to both Europe and the U.S. So mm. depending on the company, if they have a European headquarters, they're in Prince2. Otherwise, they're in PMP. So these are the kind of things we're talking about. Now, let's bring it back to cybersecurity. Uh, pen testing is another great example of this. If you're in the U.S. or Canada, there's three main pen testing certifications that people look for, either CEH, Pen Test Plus, or OSCP. And I listed them in that order because that's the difficulty level. CEH is the easiest of the three. Pentest Plus is a little bit harder. OSCP, really hard. It's a 24-hour hands-on exam. When you pass that, it means you actually know how to break into boxes and write a report on it because that's what you get tested on doing. Um, in the UK, though, what they look for is something known as CREST, C-R-E-S-T. And so, again, this goes back to geography. Where do you live? What companies you're going for? Because different certifications are popular, even though they're covering the exact same thing. They're all covering pen testing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It's so Crest is not just a toothpaste. If you're in the UK, it's probably not a toothpaste at all, but that's the first <laughs> thing I thought <laughs> when you said Crest, I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay. So I'm an ugly American and that was the first place I went to. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, my gosh, we've covered a tremendous amount of ground here, all under the banner of which cybersecurity certifications should you get? That's kind of what this episode was all about. And uh, man, well, I hope that was helpful. That's what we really came here uh, to share with you today. So uh, as we wrap up the episode, I'll just ask Jason if there's any uh, closing remarks. 
Yeah, I, I think it's just really important to remember that always start with the end in mind. Know where you're going because that's going to help build your path. Whether that's knowing the job you want and the two or three jobs you're going to need to get in between now and then to get to that ultimate goal, or in the case of certifications, knowing what job you want so you can build the path to your certifications and start ticking them off one at a time. The other thing I'll, I'll point out with certifications is I understand a lot of people don't want to do them. Uh, they think, you know, I don't need to do it. I shouldn't have to do it. But the, the reality is in the industry, a lot of jobs require these certifications, especially if you're going to go on the government, the contracting, the military side. They have contractual requirements to say, if you're going to be our contractor, you must have these certifications. I was looking at one contract recently, and it said, if you're going to be on our help desk, you must have Idle 4 Foundation. If you're going to be on the help desk and you have system admin credentials, you must have Security Plus. And so these things can actually be a thing that require you to get them if you want to get that job. Mm, okay, cool. That's a great summation. Well, listen, everybody, we're going to wrap up this episode, but uh, if you like our podcast, you might want to consider doing something next, which is take our free quiz. So, so Jason and I created a, a simple survey, and what it does is you go through it, and it's going to help you figure out what's going wrong with you and the hiring process. So if you're having trouble landing a job or if, you're, if you think you're going to start looking for a job soon, you might want to take this quiz because there's different places in the hiring process that you can get tripped up. Your resume not, may not be tuned correctly. Your interviewing skills may not be quite right. You may not be negotiating your compensation correctly. Or it, there could be something about which certifications you have, which is kind of what we all we just talked about here, or maybe something with a college degree. But whatever it is, if you go and take our free quiz at hiredin21days.com, you're going to get immediate response to, uh, to uh, an immediate diagnostic, and you're going to get some advice from us about how you can make an improvement and how you can then make a couple of changes, and then you can land the cybersecurity job of your dreams. And so, you know, that's what we're all about here. You're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job, and we're going to help you get on that. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time.